Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Playful Podcast, your guide into the underground scene where we discover topics on kink and electronic music every week. Don't forget to subscribe to not miss out on our next episode. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for coming in for Playful Podcast. We're so excited. I'm happy to be here. Yay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm so excited to just dive in. Let's dive in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because I know you are very stubborn. And I guess that's something that also took you where you are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what are three other words that you would describe yourself with? Ambitious, mm. Mm. definitely free spirited as well. And hmm, what's another good word to describe myself? Well, creative, but that's a little bit boring. I no, think. but yeah, I would say that ambitious, free spirited, creative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah were you the same when you were a teenager or oh um I think I always was but mm. um when I was a teenager I was quite angry with the world oh like I was having my puberty times thousand it seemed like <laughs> <laughs> due to all kinds of circumstances so I don't think it was able to shine through mm. um but then at a later age when I was 16 17 I started doing internships Uh, I was studying fashion management and from those internships I had a few managers that really like believed in me besides of course my parents were always quite supportive but to have other adults that could see that you were capable of doing things and that kind of built my confidence and that's when that really started shining through and I became tirelessly ambitious and 100% believing in myself and yeah total confidence Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting how some people can have that effect on you. Yeah, I don't even like think without... they know. No, no, exactly. Was it like teachers or managers at like managers. An internship? I had to like for fashion management. I had to work in stores to kind of prepare you to be a manager of a store. Aye. And uh, yeah, I don't actually think I ever told them the two people that made such an impact. Maybe I should do that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, just now thinking. It's of actually it. nice. Yeah, but she was definitely. Marta was her name. She she is her name. She was definitely like one of the people to really like make me see that I'm more capable than I thought so. Mm. Yeah. Those people are like gold. For sure. Yeah. Because teachers were not it. No. 
No, no it's <laughs> rare. I, I mean, yeah. I had a few. There was maybe one that, that, you know, sometimes took me aside, like, what's going on? Why yeah. are you acting this way? Yeah, and what were you, like, uh, t- taking in when you, as a teenager, in what way did you take out your frustrations? Was it, like, political or, like, um, just, like... Just very, like, cranky and oh, angry okay. and yeah. just everything was no and why do we do it like that of questioning everything which is not bad i would mm. say in the basis but questioning it in a negative light you know mm-hmm. just all the time just going against in dutch you would say it being tegen draad. you're just going against the grain even, if, like even a... if it makes sense okay <laughs> you know you sound like a badass were you yeah. like the cool kid <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think people, uh, at least what I know from friends, um, people were kind of scared. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Now thinking it's kind of funny, but yeah, people didn't want to pick a fight because I was always very like loud mouth. And I mean, I'm not proud of it. You know, I think you should be. It's. A I part, think it sounds amazing. Like it sounds like you have, like, you know, your boundaries then. That was 100% sure. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's something we all got to learn, especially yeah. as female. Yeah. Them. Yeah. And I think that that's something that has always been my strength. Yeah. And my friends uh, also have told me a lot that it has helped them sometimes. And not so much my teenage years, but now more in the present time uh, that it helps them to also become a little bit more, um, to stand up for what they believe in and what they want to do. Mm. So I'm happy that I could contribute in that way yeah (laughs) but uh, you were born in budapest but then you moved to marbella when you were one yes until you were eight eight nine years old something like that how was it to live there Mm, yeah it, it as a child what i remembered was just palm trees beaches private english school uniforms (laughs) uniforms <laughs> uniform school uniform school uniform oh my god yeah. amazing yeah i went to swan school and um that's uh it, it it was a nice experience but just if i think about it now it definitely is in a bubble mm. and uh quite quite a privileged bubble so to say but that's what my parents wanted for me um they wanted that i have the best chances for my future um so that's partially why we moved there and also because my grandmother from my mom's side was already living there so it was kind of like a organic move Mm. um but looking back now i'm very happy that we moved to amsterdam eventually Uh, i think it definitely builds character (laughs) oh tell tell me more um well i mean especially growing up in amsterdam the city center Mm. uh you come into contact with a lot of things that maybe you you definitely would not come in contact with it in Marbella. That's 100% sure. Uh, just the diversity of people, that's already just... Everything, basically. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that already. Um, it's also funny because I don't go out now. Like, at my, the older I got, the less I went out. But I did go out a lot when I was very young. And you did. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's not completely true when I say that, oh, I never raved or something because i did but i was just very young and that's something that i think is a little bit more common in amsterdam maybe in berlin too by the way yeah probably um just because it's so saturated yeah it's available it's available yeah Yeah, definitely yeah okay so did you just stop enjoying partying um i think i was too young to ever enjoy it in the first place I, I actually think if I wouldn't have done that, that I would have enjoyed it way more the age I'm at now. Mm. So I think because of the experiences I had when I was young, and my dad always said, I mean, I've I've said many times in interviews that I had quite an open-minded upbringing. Yeah. It was okay for me to experiment and, and do things and find my way. But he always said that just wait until you're older because you don't have money. You don't have the brain yet. It's not like developed to understand what's going on let alone taking certain substances it doesn't it's not gonna do anything for you but yeah i didn't listen so (laughs) but in a way i was just gonna ask you like so did you listen to but no no that's the thing but like eventually maybe you this this, the word stick somehow even though well now for sure i I know he was right and i never experimented very heavily it was Mm. definitely to a certain degree but i just think you He's absolutely right. You have to be a little bit more mature to even understand what's going on and to enjoy the experience because you have to also be 
not necessarily, but I think you'll enjoy it more if you're confident in yourself and you have your life a little bit going somewhere, you know, mm. and as a 13-year-old going to drum and bass raves, I mean... <laughs> How cool are you, though? I don't know. It's <laughs> cool, but yeah. <laughs> I just feel you, you know, with an attitude and like into drum and bass and, you yeah. know, like doing it your way. Yeah, what's your relationship to drum and bass these days? I love it still. Yeah? Yeah. And I met my uh, partner of 10 years at a drum and bass party when I was 15. We're still together. And uh, it's... It, I always love it. Whenever I hear drum and bass or jungle, and he listens to it quite a lot still, my my boyfriend. Um, and I have my my phases mm. where, I, where I listen to it again. But I would love to play a drum and bass set one time. Yeah, yeah I re- really would. I really would. But it's hard to mix with techno. I because mm. of the BPM differences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know there's a way. There's like a way of mixing it, but it's it's not easy. <laughs> but I would just love to play like a full drum and bass at one time somewhere who knows all right (laughs) yeah excited for that one (laughs) maybe you do it in a hair set or something who knows who knows (laughs) yeah multifaceted yeah Yeah. no but you mentioned that your uh, family and that they are have been very like open-minded these things and that's also something you said about yourself Mm. was is it like also religiously hippie kind of vibe um, pretty much religion i mean pretty much spirit, it's yeah. like absolutely not religious no so but religious in a certain way example my mom is and because of her probably i am too she's very into the universe and being connected with the universe and i definitely feel the same way so we connect in that a lot um, both my parents don't really believe in well they believe in medicine to a certain degree of course but they prefer to um, always try to uh, find homeopathic ways mm. so as a child it was also like if I had a headache or something it's not the first thing you got was a ibuprofen or aspirin you know it's first like okay maybe did you have enough water today yeah yeah did same you, in mind you my... have to eat something you know so mm. yeah it, it it's a different kind of approach in that way. It's not super hippie, but um, yeah, in a way, I, I mean, I'm definitely very privileged to have had and have the parents that I do have and have always supported what I wanted to do. And it made me even sometimes forget that there are a lot of people that don't have that support. Yeah. So sometimes I've felt like, because I share a lot now with uh, my parents and especially with my dad, of course, you know, I was doing the back to back and him showing his support and all of that stuff. And sometimes I felt a little bit guilty because I received that messages like, oh, it's so lovely to see because my parents um, don't want to speak to me anymore because I have uh, wanted to devote my life to DJing. And and they say no, because I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, and they're like, no, no, it's like lovely to see. But it does make me realize like, okay, this is not as normal as it was for me. Yeah, no. You know, so it's... It's not to be taken for granted, I mean... Definitely not. Because your dad is also into techno. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now. Especially now. Okay, fun. Yeah, because when he was DJing, he was more into a progressive house, which is not, of course, a progressive house that we know today, you know, like the EDM and stuff, but the progressive house from the 80s, 90s. And uh, now he basically got re-inspired from the music that I've been playing and I show him sets of very talented DJs, but also my friends like Lobster, and he's just like, wow, this this insane. This is like jazz. So he actually calls oh, it jazz yeah. techno. That's actually very what a yeah. It's a great connection. Yeah. It's the yeah. It has the same kind of like almost sometimes off rhythms as jazz. So yeah, he got re inspired. So now he's totally into to techno and everything that I play or everything that I show him. He's just like wow. And all the productions of uh, Matisse Lene or Alarico, you know, he's just like, wow, this is this. He said, where has this been all my life? You know? Wow, that is so yeah. fun and fantastic also yeah. that, you know, you get new uh, music genres and like passionate about new things. Yeah. Even yeah. later in life. Yeah. Also, but I, well, he's probably not that old even. <laughs> so, well, he, um, well, 60, I hope, I hope. <laughs> 63. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty young. Pretty young. Pretty young. Yeah. Okay. But you got more like your, I was going to say awakening was at awakenings. 
Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Okay, but it's kind of true though. It is fact. Yeah. It was a UK hard special, and I think it was just because of the type of techno that it was that it like clicked for me because before that I basically actually got into techno because of my boyfriend mm. um he became a f- quite the fan of Joseph Capriati and Adam Bayer and then because we were always into drum and bass and then he was putting on their mixes in that car and I was just like boring <laughs> snooze fest you know I was just like yeah it's just all the time oomps, oomps, you know and then we started going to techno parties uh but they were more melodic and quite slow and even kind of housey, which was all right, but it was not, didn't really tickle my fancy. And then we went to the UK Heart Special, and then I was like, okay, cool, I get it now. <laughs> Did it just come all at once? Do you remember who you, what gig you were at? It was definitely Rebecca. Ugh. I did remember, I, I used to remember it, but now I don't remember. But... It was very good. Yeah, <laughs> that I do remember. And it did something for you. Was yeah. that also or like how? What did your musical journey look like? Were you trying out DJing before this? I was. Yeah. Yeah. I, you took a DJ course. Yes, at DJ school Amsterdam. Yeah, I did. Because when I decided to do it, and I don't actually even remember how that came about. It was ah, I do. My boyfriend again. <laughs> he had a little console. Um, because he was, you know, he he was of course inspired by Joseph Capriati and Adam Bear and wanted to try some mixing out, so he had a little console. So basically, I just completely took over the show. Poor guy, I was just like, teach me how to do it. You bought me some gifts. Yeah, I was like, oh great, <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yeah. So yeah, we started basically just practicing a bit together, and I think from that, I I was just thinking, okay, I live in Amsterdam, one of the best cities to try out a job or a career like this my dad used to be in the industry my both my parents because they were organizing uh, events together not that he has like contacts or something that could help me out or whatever and I wanted to do it on my own anyways back to the stubborn thing so uh, but still you know that it definitely ran in the family in a certain way so I thought basically I just thought why not that that was it and then um, the most logic step would be that my dad would teach me how to play but that's you know if I would then touch the needles wrong or something it would be like a discussion and he was just like you know what you have to learn it professionally from the start um and then I started looking for courses are you similar to your your dad yeah (laughs) I could I could just sense it yes very similar don't fuck with my turn yeah (laughs) yeah yeah no we both knew that that was just gonna end up me crying him feeling guilty for making me cry you know like let's not let's not let's not and have you always been a person who's like if i'm gonna do something i'm gonna do it right yes yeah yes um but yeah again that came later in life actually so because when i was first like a teen and kind of angsty and in my puberty and angry at the world and whatnot uh, that didn't really come through so much. Mm. But as soon as my confidence increased, that also increased. And uh, yeah, since I was 18, I knew 100% that, okay, I'm going to give it all I got. You were 18, yeah, yeah, so like seven years ago. Seven years ago, mm. yeah. And I, I did. <laughs> yeah, how did you do that? Or like, because... That's such a good question. Yeah, it's such a good question. I get asked this question frequently, of course, but... I think the one thing I always say is that there was no other option for me. There was no plan B. I didn't think of like, okay, but if this doesn't work out, then I can always do this. No. That wasn't, it was just like, there's no other option, so that. <laughs> so that's how I approached it. And I think that that's, um, uh, that's what made it come to fruition. So you started your SoundCloud or? Yeah, I started uh, SoundCloud. And of course, the DJ school did help a lot to just learn it in a very mathematical approach. So then you don't have to, you can then kind of be more creative because you don't have to think so much about how am I going to get the two tracks mixed together? Because you just learn it mathematically with the correct timing Mm-mm. and very logical, logical approach. I mean, you can barely not go wrong. You can barely not go wrong. Yeah. So... 
Um, that's how it started. And then I started up a SoundCloud and I was just approaching all kinds of pages for podcasts. Um, I was also approaching, of course, smaller collectives if they would like to book me to showcase my sound. Blah, blah, blah. So I did that for the first mm, three years, I think. I did everything like from 18 until 21. I was doing everything uh, just myself. And I even had an event series at a certain point. Oh, yeah. Amazing. At a, just like a tiny club on uh, in Amsterdam. And I was the door bitch as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Do you like that kind of job? Yeah, it was quite fun. Yeah. 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 It was quite funny. So I did that for a bit, but that was not really... I mean, I was a little bit too young and it's a lot to take on your plate mm. to do all of that. Um, so that's how that kind of started. What jobs did you have on the side when at the start? I I think the first job I had on the side was working in the cinema. Mm, that's really fun. fun. Yeah, really everyone fun. who works at the cinema say they love it. I, I would really recommend any yeah. person like that age between you know sixteen and nineteen ish, cinema. Yeah, it's so fun. Maybe even later. Maybe I'm gonna Maybe try even. It. I mean, why not? <laughs> everyone seems yeah. to love it so much. It's really fun, and you can watch how many movies you want, yeah. and even get popcorn in yeah. some places. Yes. Yes. I'm, I think that sounds fantastic. Yes, and a super, um, usually quite large uh, team with a lot of young people. Mm. Not necessarily young, but kind of in, at least a little bit in your age group. So yeah. you make a lot of friends and you have all kinds of fun after work activities. You know, you see, yeah, it was really, really great time. So that was the first, I think, yeah, one of the first jobs I had on the side. And then after that, I started working as a barista at Coffee Company. Mm. And eventually I became a manager at Coffee Company. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are like aiming a bit higher. Yeah. I guess, in life generally. But like speaking of movies, is that a big interest of yours? Mm, I would I, I wish it was. I wish I was that kind of cool girl that was like, yeah. <laughs> that I really like know like directors and stuff. Like, no, I don't. No. Unfortunately, no. But okay. I do love just a job. I love a good movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, uh, but it's not anything that inspires you, like films or, you know, Oof. like the, the, when you produce. Yeah. The cine, the cinematography uh. that can definitely inspire me. Like when it's really well filmed or like, I don't know, you could just see the director's creative eye. I definitely yeah. enjoy seeing that. Mm. Um, so yeah, for sure. And also the music on their movies really good sometimes yeah like is the, that something you'd like to do sometime i would love to mm. yeah like junkie xl ha, um, is and was a very famous dj and producer and he evolved into actually making basically all of the action films that you see like his music is under it so i think that's a really cool yeah yeah who knows one day but it's i think it's a lot harder than it seems yeah i hear so yeah, yeah i hear so yeah we were having uh uh, Marcel Detman on uh, in the magazine when just before when the release of the Matrix film mm-hmm. was out mm-hmm. and he did like the soundtrack one of the soundtracks really to, yeah and he was saying like shit it was so hard yeah. like he thought he owned it yeah. at first and he was like <laughs> made it and showed them and they were like no oh, <laughs> you know no. it's like oh shit I gotta learn this yeah. to that minimal you know and yeah. it just like delved into yeah. it and just had to yeah but Anyways, <laughs> yes, yeah, but it is very. It it, it definitely can be inspiring mm. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, was there ever a moment between seven years and now that you felt uh, that like, fuck, I made it. Like now, finally, it's mm. like something is ha- something happened. You know, honestly. Uh, probably the last like six months mm. I've been feeling that because before that it was just ugh, my boyfriend can attest to this every person close to me can attest to this I was always like doubting it I was always like even though I knew that I had it in me I was like yeah of course you know I'm gonna do everything I can you know but I just was always like oh it's so hard and it's oversaturated and how can I jump through like how can I you know peek through the mass you know and that, that was definitely challenging sometimes, and especially with the, the lockdown in between. But I was just like, no, 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 I'm not going to let this, not going to let this bring me down. But it, it was definitely challenging. So 
even though I'm like confident and ambitious, there have oh there was always kind of like ups and downs. So there was moments where it was like the buzz starting to go, and I was like, yeah, and then the buzz kind of went down a bit. And I was like, ah, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's like it, two steps forth and one back all the time. A little kind bit. of, yeah. yeah. But I think that's the whole process. I think it's a part now when I look back at it, it's it's a very important part of the process because sometimes when you have those kind of I would not call it a breakdown, but you're just like really frustrated and like, oh, why, why can I not make it happen? And I just had to also realize that I was super young, you know, you have a lot to learn. You have, I also, cause I was not really going out. The networking took a little bit longer, mm. but I really wanted to do it at my own pace and in my own nature. Yeah. So that just all took a bit longer, but now seeing who I, you know, who I have around me and the connections are much stronger because of that. Yeah, this is interesting. So you didn't go out and network. How did you network or how do you feel that you kind of finally reached yeah. out? Mm. Um, yeah, it sounds a bit cliche, but I also think at a certain point that the music speaks for itself. Um, and I just always thought that, you know, if someone doesn't hasn't heard me playing yet or they just see like a few videos on Instagram, you don't get it. You, you don't really get it. And I just knew for sure that like one time there's going to be just a moment in time where they'll actually see me play. And I think that that already speaks for itself most of the time. Um, but of course, I did go to events every now and then, but I just didn't go to party. Yeah. So I came in quite early, stayed for maybe two hours and just like, I didn't also want to be that person that goes to people and it's like, hey, you know, I'll check out my sets, you know. So it just I wanted to happen. I wanted everything to happen organically. So if there was a subject that I could start a conversation about with someone that I wanted to get to know better, then I did that. And if not, then not. All right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you seem like uh, you know where you want to head, but you're not going to ask anyone for the road kind of like no, you know like no no it's definitely not a uh, not my main approach or like my priority mm. um because i rather I, of course my i have my own road thought out um but of course it's important to network i mean i'm not yeah. i'm not going to sit here and act like it's not important but i just wanted to do it at my own pace that yeah. was very important to me and because many times people were saying like yeah but you have to you have to like you know and they said also even sometimes people have actually said to me that yeah but you have the you make the best connections at after parties and i was like that doesn't make any sense but thanks you know like i was just like okay <laughs> that doesn't make any sense you're right yeah maybe it's true. i mean maybe yeah okay you maybe we'll have a bonding moment because yeah. you're both totally like you know in high spirits mm, who knows could be but i wanted it to do it in my own way and i do think that because I did it that way that the connections that I have now are very serious you know like we, like actual real connections yeah yeah you have also been uh, thanking Amelie Lenz some sometimes mm. for like helping you reach out yeah. to a broader crowd yeah and um, what do you feel like when it comes to you do you also have that kind of energy to or like will to lift smaller i would absolutely yeah female maybe oh yeah 100 percent. yeah 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 um whenever i can i love to support any what doesn't even have to be like um right local talents or just anybody you know even if they're more known than me and i just want to support anybody that i can of course but uh, that's definitely something I'd, I'd, I'd love to do if I have like a bigger platform, I mean, I'm, it's weird. I don't know like where my platform stands at the moment. I mean, I'm just doing my thing and happy to see that people are enjoying it. But the platform that Amelie has, you know, if I would ever even come like close to that, like, of course, I would uh, try to support smaller artists as much as I could. I think it's really awesome that she does it. And um, I think many people should. Many more should <laughs> i think also it's such a joy to find new talents yeah and if you have the goal of like find you know like lifting what you think is good things get so much more exciting yeah for sure 
like it's the teacher mentality it's the giving mentality yeah. and like yeah really yeah i'm really grateful for for everybody's support and i mean amelie i got in touch with six years ago or maybe five and a half years ago um so it was shortly after i started playing Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn to produce as well. You know, as if it's like not the, one of the hardest things, but okay. <laughs> so um, I just started producing things and they, it was really bad, really, really bad. But she did take the time to listen to them. So that's really nice. Because uh, I remember she had set up like an email to send demos to. And it was just going to be like a limited, limited um, time email. Like for like one month, you could send things or maybe even only one week and then the email would be taken offline. And she took the time to listen and get back to me. And then she gave me her personal email because she said, I can hear potential in it. So here's my personal email and just keep on sending me things and who knows. And then I think about three or four years after that, um she booked me or she was supposed to book me for uh, exhale um, hosting at awakenings during ade but that was in 2020 when the yeah so mm, i was like oh that sucks yeah but then came the release so instead of the uh, event she then uh, decided to create the label exhale and then i released on the first va which was already I think October 2021, already a while ago, or 2020 even, yeah. Oh! Yeah, yeah, already a while ago, long time ago. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Okay, I'm going to jump a little bit, but you have been in Berlin a couple of times. Yeah. Or like a lot of times. (laughs) A lot of times. And even speak some German, Mm. very impressive. I'm trying. With the taxi driver. With the taxi driver. So, I mean, it's basic conversations, but still. Yeah. Yeah, they appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Yeah, true. Even just a danke schön. Or, yeah, you know. Yeah, true. Yeah, but like, if you would compare the the Berlin scene and the Amsterdam scene, how do they differ, and are there any similarities? Would you say or like? Oh yeah, that's um, very interesting topic. I think there's a very big divide actually. Um, I'm not sure if this is 100% the case, so I don't want to overstep, but I do think from what I've seen, it seems to be a little bit more of a community in Holland, um, especially in Amsterdam, but that's unbiased, of course, because I'm from there and I know all the smaller collectives and all of this, but it really seems more of a community in Amsterdam, but I'm not 100% sure if that's the case, but it just feels here, I think also because... Berlin is really known as like just like the techno capital of Europe, you know, and I think it's uh, maybe even oversaturated here. 
which makes it maybe a little bit underappreciated. But I'm, again, not 100% sure. But sometimes it feels like, because it's just so normal here, you know, that it goes a little bit underappreciated, the, the, the effort that it takes to, to make a party and all the people involved and the light uh, jockeys and the people at the bar, the people at the door and just everybody involved. And I do think that, at least from what I've seen in Amsterdam, there's a lot of support for each other from the biggest collectives like Awakenings to the smaller collectives that are just now making a name. And I, especially now, like also the last Awakenings, there was 25 new faces on the lineup, which I think is amazing. And that's really due to, because I know the backstory and I know that it's because there's conversations happening behind the scenes between smaller collectives and heads at Awakenings. Like, okay, what can we do? How can we, how can we work together? You know? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And I really also think that the, in a way, the pandemic kind of progressed that even Mm. further. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Because in, uh, Berlin, a lot of the small clubs, they didn't make it. And it's been yeah. real tough. Yeah. So. And a huge example is Radion uh, or Radion. <laughs> it's, again, I'm biased because it's my favorite club to play. But really, they have pushed so many collectives. They, they are very open to, to new collectives to host their parties there. And it's always almost always a huge success. So they have also played a major, major role in um yeah gluing everybody together actually and uh yeah that's a hats off to them i would say it has really brought the whole community closer so i think that's at least for me one of the biggest differences what i notice and otherwise in some ways it's pretty similar i guess like the freak the frequency of parties Mm. and the, the how do you say the amount, the av- availability. Is Sundays also the day in Amsterdam? No, no, I would no actually. No. Mm, again, depending, it's depending. Mm. I think before before the pandemic, it was more. You definitely had more successful Sunday parties as well, and now it's a little bit less. After the pandemic, I oh, did right. notice a little decrease in that. Yeah. Definitely less than in Berlin. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it's, one thing that I love definitely about Berlin that you just it's just like an endless it's just endless. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, 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 yeah. It is you're playing it's Sunday today when we're recording and you're on at three. Uh twelve thirty until three. Ah, twelve thirty until three. Yeah. Still. And then there's one after you still playing, also yeah, playing. I think so, so yeah. So yeah. And what's also a big difference by the way is that prime time in Berlin is like five until eight AM. That's almost like prime time here. Yeah. In Holland, it's not. <laughs> no. No. Uh, yeah. What's prime time? Anywhere between uh, 12 and 4, I would say. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, sounds like regular. Like a regular country. Again, depending, <laughs> because, you know, at vault sessions, it can go... They have a yeah. little bit more this vibe where people just go on and on and on and on. But I would say, just generally speaking, it's a little bit earlier mm. in Holland. And here, it's like, at least in Berlin, it's... Uh, endless yeah yeah it is <laughs> yeah that's what we love yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah speaking of endless and like um you start traveling a lot now what's your how is that for you like what's your view on like keeping up with the life pace and these mm. things mm, it's been a little bit of an adjustment for sure um but i always say because I, I this is also a conversation i often have with taxi drivers as well <laughs> among many other people um but that i i don't i just physically i just cannot complain because this is what i've always wished for so whatever happens you know delays cancel canceled flights cancel whatever i'm just like it's fine because i get to do the best thing in the world uh for me at least so i just cannot complain however frustrating sometimes it gets i'm just like no this is but i'm blessed i'm blessed i can just travel to a place and share my music uh, meet really nice people I cannot complain and just been a, a little bit of adjustment with um sharing my time you know with I want to spend enough time with my partner I want to see my friends but I also want to produce music I want to practice vinyl 
I want to just also like live. So, <laughs> yeah. so that has been a little bit of, of an adjustment. Um, but example, if I'm not traveling on Sunday, it's really, really very, um, how do you say, mild. Like if Sunday I'm already home, that's it, uh, you don't even notice anything then during the week. But if you're traveling until Monday, then it's always a bit of an adjustment in the week because then it's like Tuesday, Wednesday, you're chilling at home and like readjusting everything. And then Thursday, Friday, I'm already preparing for the weekend. And then the week oh, yeah. just flies by. Yeah. Okay. Um, but this, I know this question wasn't in there, but I'm just uh, thinking because I'm curious. Of course. So when, um, when you prepare a set, mm. how do you, do you, how much do you prefer before, pre- prepare beforehand mm. and how much do you like freestyle and just feel the crowd and mm. where everyone's at and these things? Everything is uh, improvised these everything. days. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. Like when I started out. I definitely prepared sets, you know, because I was very, very nervous. And I was like, okay, at least I want to just know that these tracks work well together. Um, and also because I just, I started so young and ambitious. Like I didn't give myself the time to just practice at home and like chill. You know, I was just right away like, yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm going to perform, you know. So then, of course, I prepared everything to a T. But now uh, everything is improvised. Um, depending, sometimes with example, uh, an opening set. Uh, then I prepare at least a playlist of tracks that would fit in an opening because I very, very rarely play openings. So I don't dare to like totally freehand that. But otherwise, uh, everything is just uh, improvised. I have all my history playlists with me. So I know what I then played. And then I remember, oh yeah, those two were not really slay. And then I just like <laughs> yeah. go from there. Okay, cool. Yeah. I know there also there's also been a conversation uh, uh, about like, well, I know some DJs who have been talking about like, yeah, DJs who play bangers mm. in the midst of a set. Like, yeah, of course the crowd is gonna enjoy it mm-hmm. and cheer for it, but like we are there to show them better music. Yep. What's your view on this? Ah, uh, um. I'm also a little bit torn, but I did recently because first I was like, yeah, uh, I felt the pressure. You know, I had sometimes that I played at places where I just thought like, okay, I'm going to just adjust my sound. You know, I still played what is in my margin, but it was definitely adjusted to what I think they're going to like. And I think to a certain degree, that's not bad because in the end, our job is to make them happy. Um, but because my dad always said that Grace, the sets that you play, you know, like my real sound, he said that, trust me, if you play that also for 1500, 2000 people, they're going to love it. Trust me. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Because I think like, I was always thinking like with a lot of people, you have to play bangers, but just this weekend, actually, um, yesterday afternoon, I was playing at a festival where I started quite with an empty tent and I really played what really what I love and it was full at the end and it was it was like I think maybe 1500 people or something and it worked really well so I'm starting to believe that it is our job also to educate I think it's I don't know I don't want to call it educate them no, because I don't want to underestimate their knowledge who knows they're very well educated in the music category um but now I'm realizing that yeah actually as long as you're confident about it I think is the most important And that that's what was missing from me before. I wasn't confident enough to do it. So then I just went for a little bit of a safer option. And I think that's it's not bad. I, it's not in the basis. It's not a bad thing to do, I would say. But once you feel confident enough to. To really push what you think is going to work well and what you believe in, then I'd say do it because most of the nine out of ten times you're probably going to love it. And otherwise you can just adjust. You just then adjust if it's not working. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I love that. Like, I mean, also I hear this from like a lot of different professions. But some people who say like I'm trying to like, uh, you know, like uh, do something that I hear is working. That's not like what made them take the next step. It was to do what. Why they, you know, to create what you exactly. love. 
So what you said about the it doesn't surprise me at all. Like no, it's oh, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's 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 totally true, you know. And it's uh, you're basically selling yourself short if you choose the safe option. But I do understand if you're not there yet, confidence-wise, that you will opt for that option because I did too. So I, I'm not gonna like uh, judge it or bash it or whatever. And sometimes maybe I'll still be in the uh, situation where I think, ooh, I don't know, you know, and then I'll just choose the bangers, you know. But I, I'm definitely gonna try to just really uh, share what I, because I'm booked to do that actually as well. I'm booked to share my approach to this thing that we call DJing and yeah, I should respect the crowd enough also in that way to not underestimate them and to trust that they will maybe understand and even enjoy what I'm there to present. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so like you've been going to a lot of drum and bass festivals first and then you switch it up to uh, techno festivals. Yeah. Um, but so you have like really seen the development of the the scene and how it how quickly it's grown mm. the, these past mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. what's your view on the growth and like are there any scares you have for that yeah i mean uh, well that mm, a few months ago yes a few months ago i was definitely like almost you know sometimes eating myself up about it you know uh, I, I also saw the conversation between uh, charles and aladico which I recognized a lot in what they were saying. And it was also kind of, in a way, comforting to know that it was like not only me, you know. But I already knew that by that point, because we've had many conversations with promoters and other DJs about this. So I already knew that, okay, I'm not the only one who was like seeing this and thinking like, what's going on, guys? <laughs> but um, yeah, I definitely did have scares because it's it's for me it's like just almost uh, it's like a little bit painful to sometimes see you know that there's um, I don't want to shame or like again like judge anybody but I see certain artists just playing the same tracks over and over and over and over again like these the, the tracks that work so called you know these TikTok I don't want to say but TikTok techno tracks. Uh, and that kind of pains me a little bit, you know, because I'm like, yeah, it's supposed to be a creative process together. And, you know, also the lineup, it's like supposed to be that we are creating something together and not, it's like one showman and another showman and another, show, you know, and that's what it sometimes seems like, that it's just like a, sh- like a one and a half hour, just show hands up in the air. And mm, I don't know, I just don't really know if that's where we're supposed to be going. But um, who am I to say, you know? Do you feel that we may miss out on something? I feel like the crowd is missing out, mm. you know? I mean, we, I mean, yeah, that's that's one thing. I mean, I'm still able to do what I love. I'm still playing for for crowds I'm, every weekend, you know, like, that's not the problem. But I just feel, I just, I think it's a bummer for them, you know? But they seem to enjoy it. So again, then who am I to judge that? Mm. So that's what really, I've, I've had so many yeah. thoughts about it, like, yeah but but mm. sometimes we if someone leaves we follow and maybe that's what you're saying in other words that like if you can see on social media how you're supposed to do something you do it then maybe you do it because we're not always so we're not always grace when she was (laughs) 30 (laughs) not everyone can be (laughs) no it's true and i i feel like because music it's so therapeutic it's such a like a spiritual experience and um like a yeah, therapeutic experience and i well if they're not searching for that right now and maybe it is but again i don't know maybe that music and that kind of bomb- bombastic blah, 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 maybe that is therapeutic for them but i cannot imagine that it is but you know i have to also uh, we have many conversations about it with fellow uh, djs you know that they're also young uh, the same way I was uh, when I went to like um, melodic techno parties, you know, you have to kind of start somewhere. But because it just became so popular, I'm just afraid that they're maybe not going to search further than that mm. and miss out on, on different experiences. But I'm sure that that's not the case. I'm sure that just the same as all of us, you start somewhere, you start to dig deeper and yeah. Yeah, something's 
one cannot control. Yeah. And it's easier than to just trust that, like, yeah. you know, yes. But it's, you, yeah, it's definitely been a little bit, like, uh, there was a few moments where I was a little bit anxious, you know, like, what does that mean for us, so to say, uh, that's not playing that certain sound? And I'm sure we all know, I'm not going to specify, because I'm sure we all know what sound I'm talking about, so <laughs> I'm not going to specify. But, um, yeah, that, that made me wonder, you know, like, is is there space? for us then still or is it going to completely take over because especially in Holland it's really really big it's like really really taking over the scene where even some promoters have said that yeah I you know it's like I, I have to book it you know you have to also sell tickets oh. and I'm like oh really <laughs> and I'm like I get it but it's like oh that's like again a pain you know in my heart because it's maybe not even so much what they want to see but it works the crowds are happy so that's what we do Mm. but I'm happy I mean I'm, there's always positive sides and I'm also happy that there are collectives many collectives also that uh, choose to do to not do that at all and it's there's it's working very well mm. and it also sells out and also the crowds are happy you know so there is space for everyone yeah there is space for everyone there are many smaller festivals too yeah, yeah. And, but um, you also men- mentioned the uh, therapeutic mm. How has it been therapeutic for you? Yeah. Um, I've definitely... Because I quit my full-time job uh, last year, actually. Yeah. In Congratulations. May, almost officially one year. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and since then, I think I've felt the most myself since ever. You know? So in that way, it already has been very therapeutic. I don't think I've ever been more myself than now. Um almost right after I quit but the, the the longer I was away the longer I've been doing this now full-time the more I just completely 100% feel myself um so that's been very therapeutic and also the connection that it made my connection with my parents so much stronger um I mean since I was a teen you know it was rough also for my parents to deal with me as a teen you know and uh <laughs> The older I got, the connection grew stronger and stronger. But especially now, the last year, it's just been the the best ever. And that's also due to music, because we just we can connect so intensely on that with both my parents. So that's been really beautiful as well. And just to, to the amount of lovely messages that I receive, like sometimes I'm even thinking like, wow, like it's just it's crazy. But I'm I'm really really happy uh, that I apparently evoke that kind of emotion in people because that's exactly what I want that's exactly my goal with my music and what I play and the performance that I give is to evoke these kind of feelings in people and that it was actually that it will actually stick with them and that it was like an emotional experience you know and not just like yeah go hard you know just like yeah but really in your soul you know the same way as I'm giving my little piece of my soul to you you know so that's uh, that's been very freeing, I would say. So yeah, that's yeah. how it's been therapeutic for me. Thank you so so much for sharing all of this. Of course, it's been so nice. Is there anything that you want to add that you can think about? Mm. Mm. Not necessarily. No? Okay, I think it was a lovely conversation, and I do have before the extra material. A uh, little section of this or that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you let me know one of them, which, okay. you, which one you prefer. Okay. Hugs or kisses? Hugs. Yeah. Uh, Amsterdam coffee shops or German spetties? Oh my Spitz. god. Um, Amsterdam coffee shops. Sorry. Well. Yes. I think no one's gonna judge you. Yeah. <laughs> Meditation or hypnosis? Meditation. Yeah, do you do it? No, I should. <laughs> I should. <laughs> uh, Los Angeles or Tbilisi? Oh, Tbilisi. Yeah, 100%. Politics or music? Well, music, but both actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel they can be combined? I mean, I, I feel so, yeah. I know that there's a lot of controversy about that because many people say that politics should not be involved with music but music is politics but that's another conversation i think yeah very interesting one <laughs> yes, i think for also. sure um 
Okay. Uh, micromanaging or going with the flow? Going with the flow. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not a control freak. Yes, but also no. But micromanaging is useless. But managing is good. But micromanaging, no. Nah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Seems like you found a way. Because I also have this idea that you are very like, you know? Absolutely. Yes. Particular. Yes, I'm very meticulous, but I also have a certain... Uh, I, I, I can just go with the flow as well. And I, because that's, a, I mean, I don't want to be too like, ooh, but the universe, and I trust that the mm. universe will put me on the right path. And even if something happens or delays or something, I'm like, okay, this is apparently meant to happen. This is meant to happen. It's fine. <laughs> but I try to prepare as much as I can to prevent certain things happening. So in a way I'm managing, but in a way I'm also going with the flow. I don't know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, you don't want to leave too much out for the unknown. No. But you still are not going to be like... No, I really try not to stress when things mm. don't go um, how I maybe planned before. Yeah. Because apparently that's just how it then had to go. And usually after that, I then realize, like, oh, it had to happen like that because otherwise I wouldn't have bumped into that person or I wouldn't have done that or whatever. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, festivals or clubs? Clubs clubs yeah 100 it's just a different vibe yeah yeah i think festivals is nice because you don't have to stay up late mm. so i'm very fresh and i'm very energetic and i'm very socially capable and sometimes when you're tired in the night that's a little bit less but the vibe of the club it's 100 incomparable to festivals yeah um hot dogs or caesar salad caesar salad ah it's one of my favorite i love it yeah. Nice. You don't like hot dogs? It's okay. Yeah. But Caesar salad is bomb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't been eating it for such a long time, oh, Caesar okay. salad. I love maybe, all kinds of ones. Maybe I'm gonna start again. I even love like this the supermarket supermarket prepackaged. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah, bang in. Yeah. <laughs> well, everything with cheese, I would say. Uh, yeah, exactly. Psychology or spirituality? Oh man. I can't decide between those. Both. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Like equal. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like crystals and things home? I don't actually. No? No. You're not so much into the things. Not so much things. Mm. More the... The sense. Feeling and vibrations and energies. Ah. But do you have any way that you work with it? Like, you know, like... I don't know what that not could even, be actually. Not really even that much. I'm I'm not even like such an active manifester or something like that. Exactly, that's one. Yeah, yeah not even. Yeah. I just, uh, but I am very interested in, in it. Mm. But I don't actively do those kind of things that much. I'm not really sure why, but that just hasn't sparked my interest that much. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Introvert or extrovert? Yeah, that's also a funny one. Because I'm basically an introverted extrovert. Kind of. Yeah. Because I definitely need to recharge my batteries. Um, also, like, I also prefer introverts most of the time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can, I'm, I can twist the knob and be kind of extroverted and social and whatnot. But I definitely need to recharge my batteries after. Yeah. Like, go into hibernation for, like, one and a half day. <laughs> yeah, yeah i feel you yeah. yeah that must be very important like after a weekend then yeah. do is the first thing you do on monday often like studio yeah studio like first just chill that's definitely studio and definitely some hugs with my with my partner you know just need to like revamp but um yeah i definitely need to kind of go into isolation for 24 hours after a very social weekend yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so Thank so you. much. Oh, this was so lovely. Thank you for having me. I've been yeah, I really love this conversation and everything oh, you share. Thank you. I think this was such a great conversation. <laughs> Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.